1: Welcome to Locked On Drew Holiday. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on, I would have to say, a pretty good day if you're a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday has signed an extension to stay in Milwaukee. Of course, the best man to run us through all the contractual uh, little uh, details on this one and what we know is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. So he is here with me for today's episode, brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Frank, four years up to $160 million. Now, I've seen a lot of discourse on Twitter today. Uh, some people suggesting this is too much. Most of them uh, not surprisingly, don't watch the Milwaukee Bucks on a day-to-day basis, it would seem. But based on the way that Drew Holiday has played, not only for the entire season, but certainly over the last week or so, this did feel like one of the last little details, apart from the on-court stuff, that was caused for some sort of anxiety amongst Bucks fans, I would say, not knowing what was going to happen with Drew Holiday. Obviously, they go all in with the trade in the off-season season we think it's a fantastic deal for what he's been able to bring to the team. But locking him away for a multi-year deal and what he says makes him a buck for life. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool
0: day. It's one of the interesting things about this trade. And I, 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 I don't know how, what, how you've been, I don't think you've been particularly stressed about it. I mean, you're, you're a pretty calm, cool and collected customer <laughs> in general. But um, I, I had honestly not really been stressing about, you know, when is he going to sign the extension what, what's going on? Why it hasn't happened yet? Uh, he's been eligible now for I don't know at least a few weeks to to sign an extension uh, of this magnitude, and it's been uh, it's been interesting because there has been ever since he was traded this sentiment of you know when you when you listen to people who are connected to the league sort of have just sort of assumed that he was going to get an extension done so clearly that was in the air um, you know I, I'm not going to say that the Bucks and his agent had that exact parameters of the deal worked out prior to him being traded. Uh, so I think there was always some, some risk, right? I mean, you never know what might happen when he shows up and starts playing games. You never, I mean, you never know. Right. But, uh, it it has been interesting, even as Giannis and others who were part of that potentially monstrous free agent class for this upcoming summer have basically all sort of dropped off the, the radar. Um, it's been interesting that drew has not really, I mean, people have just sort of continued to assume that he would not actually hit free agency and the incentives for hitting free agency were potentially large. Uh, you know, he's eligible to sign the same contract if he had made it to the summer as Giannis, right? Giannis got five years, 228 million because Drew is a 10 plus year veteran. He can get 35% of the salary cap and he could resign in Milwaukee for five years with 8% raises. He also could have gone to another team and gotten thirty-nine million dollars as a starting salary, and gotten five percent raises, which would have paid him up to one hundred and sixty-nine million. So, you know, he, the, the the idea of of you know what could he have gained by going to the summer potentially a significant amount because you, you'll see the term you probably you know, people may have seen the term max extension get thrown around today. And if you say, "Well, Frank, the numbers you just threw out are are larger than what he got," you are correct. <laughs> The max basic essentially like base base extension he could get was 120% of his current base salary, which is about 25.1 million. And then they could continue to tack on these these unlikely bonuses, which we've alluded to. People who listen to our podcast a lot or you know are overly interested in kind of bucks cap stuff and probably become aware that he's got these basically it's almost five million a year in in the various incentives in his contract, a number of them being quote unquote unlikely for things like you know the bucks winning a championship or making the finals things that did not happen last year basically are are things that are unlikely so long story short you get him at 4 years 135 million starting basically next year he had a player option for next year basically that gets wiped out his new contract will start next year at 30.1 million again this is based on the reporting for today so his new contract will start at 30.1 million next year there's going to be some potential incentives on top of that um, you know, my guess, rule of thumb, just based on the current incentives in his contract and what's happened, you know, maybe that might add a million or two, uh, onto his total cap number. Um, but you know, you're talking like low thirties in terms of millions when, again, when you're talking about like what, what, what could have happened, uh, he could have gotten $39 million as a starting salary this summer, either from the bucks or someone else. So I'm not going to say that drew holiday is a bargain uh, at, at, you know, low 30 ish million dollars per year starting salary. Uh, but you know, compare it to what frequently happens in these scenarios where, I mean, look, the bucks had no backup plan here, right? If, if your holiday walks, they don't have $30 million. They can go spend on a free agent to replace them. They would have basically the, the, at that point they would have the full mid-level exception, but you know, you'd basically have nine or 10 million bucks a slug of nine or ten million bucks and a bunch of minimum contracts. To try to go frame out your roster around Giannis and Chris Middleton. That is not a place that you would have wanted to be. Obviously, uh, you know your whole chance of winning a title is pretty much gone if that is is what you're looking at. So to lock up Drew was, you know, I mean the die had been cast when they made this trade last fall. It was always at this point, you know, the maximizing their dots of winning a championship was always about locking up Drew to be part of this core. For the next few years and so to get him at the number they did again not a bargain but it is on the absolutely i would say low end of what he might have gotten and i think doing it now so you don't have that uncertainty going into the playoffs going into the summer i think certainly takes some of the pressure off and some of the distraction away even if i don't know that it was you know becoming a distraction at this point but if he hadn't signed it going into the playoffs i think certainly you'd say man things don't go well here what happens, right? Does he think about going someplace else? I mean, there are a ton of teams with cap space. There are not a ton of primetime free agents. You look at some of the teams with cap space, it only takes one team, right? It only takes one team to offer him a monstrous amount of money to either steal him away from the Bucks or to force the Bucks to pay him way more than what they're currently paying him. And so, you know, again, you look at 135 million, uh, stretching up to potentially up to 160. And again, probably won't get close to, I imagine it would not get actually close to 160, probably be higher than 135 though. So somewhere between there, it's a lot of money. He's going to be aging from, you know, he's 30 going on 31 right now. So you're talking about going to 34 up to 35. Um, Well, we can talk about sort of how he projects to age. I actually talked a little bit about that on Friday, but uh, it's a huge amount of money, but it's, I think to me, this was kind of a no brainer, just given where you are with this franchise. And certainly what he's been showing on the court of late has made you feel a lot better about it because he's been, you know, I would say everything that you would have hoped and probably a little bit more since the all-star break coming back from COVID and, and really rounding into form. So, you know, fingers crossed that we can continue to see, continue to see this true holiday throughout this season, the playoffs, and over the next few years. Um, but I think this is the kind of contract that, you know, again, this, this was the path the Bucs were on. And uh, I think Bucks fans can, can feel excited about this and, A great player, a tremendous person, you know, him and his wife, Lauren, huge assets to the community. So, um, yeah, I think people can feel good about it.
1: All right. Let's talk betonline.ag. Now, of course, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, NCAA March Madness is really at the conclusion right now, uh, depending on when you are listening to this. But the NBA is on the road to the playoffs, NHL as well. And there is uh, plenty of other stuff that you'll be able to find on betonline.ag, including awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well. So there's no shortage of events or sports that you're able to bet on. They have the real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been an interesting career path if you just look back uh, simply at his salaries over the course of his career. After his rookie deal in uh, Philadelphia, he signed an extension, which was around 10, year, uh, 10 million per year. And then he had the deal with New Orleans where he was around 24, 25 million. And now at the age of 31, he signs the 30 plus million dollar deal. So um, certainly a guy that, I mean, we spoke about it all the time, but a guy that over the course of his career has been, uh, let's say, categorized on the on the the next level, you know, the fringe all-star type level. But we've seen play from Drew Holiday here over the last couple of weeks. And it's uh, I'm glad that you point out the fact that he's doing this coming off COVID as well. But we've seen a level of play that is uh, absolutely all-star level from Drew Holiday here. And I've got the numbers in front of me. I think you might have tweeted these out yesterday or a couple of days ago, Frank. I've gone the last 10 games. Now, I could... Cherry pick a little bit here and go nine games to make the numbers look a little better. But the last 10 games for Drew Holiday 22.8 points, 7.1 assists. He's getting you two steals a game as well. And the shooting splits are 58, 47, and 87. And I, I mean, I, I tweeted this yesterday, but when I'm watching Drew Holiday, I'm seeing a guy that clearly throughout the season has had to work through uh, figuring out what the Bucks want him to do on offense, figuring out when he should attack and when he's going to get his touches, particularly playing with a guy like Giannis, who is so unique as a big that we know handles the ball a lot. So he's not playing a traditional point guard role, which, to be fair, has not necessarily been what he's done through his career. But he offensively, to me, is a guy that has gears that he can really ramp up. And we've seen it in big games. We've seen it in big moments. He's already hit a number of big shots in the fourth quarter so far this season. And we've seen it, you know, not only against the Kings yesterday when there is no Giannis in the lineup and he really takes over and has a monster night and, again, hits the big shot down the stretch. But we've seen it with Giannis in the lineup as well that, at times, Drew Holiday takes over. And he says, just give me the ball. Uh, And so, for me, when you talk about You know, signing him obviously in the season. I do think that there would have been some concern that he could have got poached from someone because as much as he loved being here and as much as he spoke from the start that he wanted to do something special here in Milwaukee, until you get to the point where you've got a huge deal on the table from another team, it's kind of hard to know what is actually going to happen in that situation. So I'm glad they signed him up. We've been in this situation with Eric Bledsoe before, although we did have some evidence to suggest that Bledsoe that might be a bit of a spot in the playoffs. So we, we did kind of have uh, that uh, that indication there. But with Drew Holiday, again, we're seeing it, uh, to me, just a completely different level of player. Like you pointed out, the Bucks weren't going to gain anything if he walked away, other than they, they've given up a whole bunch of draft picks. So I think that, the, you know, it's... Timing, of course, is good that he's playing at this level right now. But regardless of this last little stretch, uh, to me, this was still a no-brainer and, and, a, and a great deal for the Bucs to be able to make this happen.
0: Did you refer to Eric Bledsoe as turning into a spud? Is that, is that, was that the yes. term I just heard you use? Yes. 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 Uh, you know, when, when Nate Duncan and I did his his season preview thing, um I think I referred to to Eric Bledsoe turning into a pumpkin in the playoffs, and <laughs> you know Nate 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 said, "Why does it always have to be a pumpkin, right?" So you know maybe a lesser gourd, right? Because pumpkins are good. They have I feel like they yeah. have value. You know, like a I'm not a squash fan, but um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. Obviously, Drew Drew has has not had many reps in the playoffs. He's given out right, that yeah. or how, let's say how mediocre the Pelicans were. Um, you know, he had a really memorable uh first round where he basically locked down. And completely outplayed Damian Lillard in a sweep a few years ago, which always provides an interesting backdrop to when those two guys go at it, as they did on Friday night. And then, you know, you played pretty well, but ultimately in a, in a losing cause against, uh, obviously, a, a much better Warriors team in the second round that year. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's excited about the prospect of, you know, knowing that you're going to go into the playoffs um, with home court, that you actually have expectations that you're not just in a dogfight fight to try to get, you know, avoid a sweep in the first round. So, so we'll see, but but I agree. I mean, this is just you know, you, you just want to get this locked down and and uh, take away that that bit of uncertainty. And I think you tweeted out. I I, I completely was lost on me that Bledsoe had also signed his last uh, his extension the day after a one point win <laughs> uh, over the Kings. Um, and and Drew does the same. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, obviously you expect. You know, much better results and i mean here's the thing too right i mean this is this sort of the reality of i would say the life cycle of of contenders you know normally these you know the teams kind of begin to be competitive when their best players are not in the you know 35 super max type category usually it's when guys are a little bit younger than that i mean very rarely, you know, is one of your top two or three best players like a, a rookie contract guy still, you know, typically your superstars is, is a guy that's at least on a second contract. So he's making real money. Um, but it's it's hard because, you know, as guys age and you actually need to retain players then all of a sudden the guys that were bargains, right? Like Chris Middleton on his contract, you know, before the current one, total bargain, right? Making less than half of what he makes now. Well, you know, at some point though, if you want to keep these teams together, you actually have to pay market value for these types of players. And Drew Holiday obviously wasn't cheap previously either. Um, really isn't actually being paid a whole lot more than he was. Um, but he's also not, you know, it's not like we're expecting him to take another huge leap forward, right? I mean, he's having he's having a career year. Like we should be clear about that. Like his advanced metrics are phenomenal this year. He's always been a good advanced metrics guy. Um, they're even better this year than there was than they were in previous years. So I mean, if you can sustain that or slightly under that for the next few years, I think you're going to be really happy with that. But uh, now the Bucks are, are basically starting down this path where you now have had the supermax Giannis. Giannis. Giannis is going to be making, you know, uh, from mid to high 20 millions to 40 slash 40 plus millions, which, I mean, that's a big difference in terms of, you know, it's like basically the, the, the value of a Brook Lopez contract which now is your fourth highest paid player, essentially the only other player making you know, a decent amount of money other than your top three guys. And so you know, what naturally happens is that you end up becoming very top loaded and you can't have these you know, kind of 10 to 15 million type per year players because you just don't have kind of the cap flexibility to sign those types of contracts um, unless you're drafting those players and keeping them, right? So Dante DiVincenzo is going to be a really interesting decision. He's extension eligible this summer. He's going to be, uh, you know, still uh, with the team next year on a cheap deal. And then he'll hit free agency in the summer of 2022 if he's not extended before then. PJ Tucker is very interesting because they're going to have bird rights on him. Obviously, he's not a young guy, (laughs) but he is definitely in an audition to try to get another decent-sized contract. And the Bucs wouldn't have to use, you know, their mid-level exception to try to sign him. And so, you know, just the cap gymnastics, uh, when your team starts to sort of enter this phase of, Oh, we have a few really good players, but guess what? They're all played like they're all paid like great players. Um, it, it makes things harder from a cap perspective, and it requires definitely a lot more discipline. And it really forces you to have to operate really well on the margins, right? Which is just a different ballgame, and it's 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 hard, and it's going to test this Bucks front office. And they're not going to really be able to make you know a lot of mistakes around the edges, and they don't have a lot of draft picks. <laughs> So they're they're not going to have you know a lot of those uh, those those kind of shots at at trying to find a young talented player who can grow into the next kind of big piece just because you've obviously dealt away a lot of those picks. So um, so it it is what it is. You know I, I think um, you know people can complain about the Bucks not having flexibility or you know they are absolutely on track to be well into the tax next year. Uh, you know again the the ownership has you know been able to put off paying the tax basically last. You know the last couple years, and I think the theory was, well, you you know, if you actually are going to have a contender with Giannis moving to a supermax, keeping Drew, you can't escape this forever. It's pretty much unavoidable starting next year, and once you get into three out of four years being in a tax, you start to hit the repeater tax, which makes it even more punitive. So, you know, this is this is when ownership really starts to feel the pain salary wise of this, and this is where as you know, front office, you really start to feel squeezed in terms of your flexibility because you're not gonna have the full the full mid-level exception. The Bucks next year are not gonna have the biannual exception either, because this year they used it on Bobby Portis. So they're gonna have to be really good and creative around the margins. You know, you're you're gonna really hope that Jordan Aura or or Sam Merrill or both or Mamadi Diaquite you're gonna hope that's at least one of those guys ends up being a useful rotation player at some point, as soon as next year, because you just don't have a lot of, you know, ammo essentially to, to try to replace them. So, anyway, that's that's the preview of what we'll be talking about next summer. But, um, but I think it's just important perspective to have uh, that again. You can relitigate what the Bucks gave up for Drew Holiday. Uh, you can have all those discussions, and you know, in five, six, seven years. Uh, you may have a different accounting of of whether it was really worth it, right? When we see what what happens with these teams, but certainly in the here and now, where you've got Giannis in his prime, you have Chris still, uh, you know, playing at an all star level, and you have Drew Holiday playing at an all star level. Um, there's no time like the present, <laughs> and, and you've got certainly a decent runway with Giannis, and you've got Chris and Drew still playing at a really high level, and you want to make the opposite, most of those you can, and I think. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to it, but I think what we saw certainly Saturday night, if we want to talk about that game a little bit was, um, you know, a great, uh, a great example of, of why drew is so valuable. Just again, the, the way that he can play at both ends and the fact that he can take, take on bigger responsibility when needed offensively, including late and making big plays, uh, as we've seen him do, as you, as you alluded to, uh, that was, you know, a game that you really wanted to win with Giannis resting that knee after the 47-point night. Uh, Kings were also on a back-to-back. But look, you know, there's no, no no games to take for granted in this league, and Kings showed why. But uh, especially when you're on the road in the West, I think you take pretty much anyone you can, especially when Giannis is out. So um, I don't know. Anything else you'd want to talk about on, on the kind of Drew-slash-Bucks kind of future landscape? Um, I, I think it'll be... There's a whole a whole bunch of topics, including Dante you know, what, what what they might do if they want to try to extend them, if they let them try to go to a restricted free agency. You know, what happens with Brook Lopez, given that his salary number is going to look relatively high compared to the rest of the roster next summer. But um, any other thoughts from you on on Drew and, and re-signing him?
1: Well, it's time to talk about Built Bar now and what a weekend it was if you are a coconut, brownie, chunk, Built Bar. Because you've taken out Built Bar madness Your champion is the Coconut Brownie Chunk. What a month it was over at Built Bar. But we know you've had me talk about Built Bar for a long time. It is the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, They still have the 18 amazing flavors there. You can get some that uh, have nuts, some that are non-nuts, so uh, good for any allergies there. And The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Uh, They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, so they're, they're healthy as well, which is the, the cool thing about it. For something that tastes so damn good, you wouldn't expect that it would be healthy as well. Of course, we've still got a great deal for you guys. Just go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And then while you're munching down on a built bar, go across the rockauto.com. The family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. They've got everything you need. Any part you need, they're going to have it. Whether it's tail lamp, motor oil, even new carpet accessories inside the car, they've got them all there. And the best thing about it for someone like me that is far from a car expert, I can go onto the catalog. It's easy to navigate. It's easy to find everything you need based on the model of your car or truck. So there's no dramas there. And the other thing is, look, people still don't want to be around other people right now. So doing it all online is certainly uh, the best part about this. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck just right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I thought... We could probably start to dive into the 2028 draft when the Bucks uh, <laughs> are going to be uh, entering. Uh, you know, it could be a critical draft in the franchise history there, 2028. So we'll see uh, what happens there. But I, probably the the interesting thing for me, I mean, you referenced the luxury tax, and I, I know that this is something that we've discussed on this show before, and you uh, flagged very, very early on that you thought the Bucks might make a, a move at the deadline or a couple of moves that would get them under the tax. and. I've seen on Twitter there has been some uh, joking, I guess, from from other fan bases, and and perhaps a little bit of frustration from Bucks fans about the whole Torrey Craig situation. And he went to Phoenix, and now he's playing. And it's just really interesting that you know, uh, yeah. If you if again, you always point this out, Frank. that it's not for us to care about the the owner's money. But just purely from the the rotation standpoint this year, and the fact that Torrey Craig wasn't even playing. It was I mean it made some sense to try and get under the tax this year, understanding what is coming in the next few years, particularly for a guy that wasn 't playing but also I will say this when they traded for P j Tucker, even though they aren 't um, exactly perfectly like for like you were getting a guy that was going to be able to defend you know, similar players than to what Tory Craig would in the playoffs anyway now of course he 's injured, so I mean that 's not something that they would have predicted either way but uh, I just thought i 'd point that out because I know there has been some talk about that on Twitter. The one thing that I did want to talk about and you can tie this into yesterday's game, if you want, or the game against the Kings or, or any of the recent games, really Frank, but uh, the discussion around who is the, the number two on the Bucks has been just really, just really interesting for me to to look that people are putting so much time into this because I honestly, if someone asked me, hey, who do you think the Bucks number two is Chris Milton or Drew Holiday? I would probably respond by saying, I don't give a shit because I, I don't, I don't understand what the argument is or what the conversation, why that matters or, or, or why, why it's even a topic. I mean, it really doesn't matter to me. Last year, you had two guys that you could rely on going into the postseason. This year, you have three. So that's all that really matters. You have three guys this year that you think you, you can rely on to pr- produce in the playoffs to get you a shot. And Chris Milton simply doesn't feel like he's the only guy now that has to shoot from the perimeter and get you a jump shot when you need one in the postseason. So I, I just wanted to point that out because, as you said, it, that, that game yesterday, it was Drew Holiday. Chris wasn't very good. He hit a couple of buckets in the fourth quarter, but he was really struggling. And I think that you know, when you talk about the, the signing, the extension of Drew, not only for the playoff run this year, but moving ahead – that's what gives me more confidence about this team that they can compete, that they can be successful. Because, uh, like you said, all the contenders are top heavy. There's no doubt that the Bucks are top heavy right now. But that—that's you know whether Chris or Drew is the second best player on the team. Who really cares? Overall, the Bucks have got better.
0: I mean, I—I I, I will say this. I think if you told me, you know, Chris would put up the numbers he's been putting up this year, and Drew Holiday would really push him, and and there would be a real debate about which one was better, I would say, awesome. Like, I want, I want to have another player who can credibly, you know, be in that discussion. And then, you know, when people then say like, oh, is Christian Middleton a real number two? And, you know, that whole debate, then we can say, okay, well, is Drew Holiday a real number two? (laughs) And again, I, I, I get tired of those debates sort of um, pretty quickly, right? I mean, I think, you know, is, is Giannis a real number one on a title championship winning team? Like that's often sort of presumed, but I think that's also a debate. Um, and look, we really, there's no point in at this point litigating it until the Bucks play in the playoffs and end up wherever they end up. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I don't know that it matters a whole lot. I mean, I think the the interesting thing with Chris, and I mentioned it too on Friday, I, I, I think I referenced like that doesn't seem like Chris has been playing that well um and you know he ended up playing well on Friday kind of quietly he kind of came came on as the game as the game went on in Portland and so I looked it up and I mean it's funny because it feels like ever since that Denver game where he played really well uh where the first game Drew missed it's felt it's felt like he hasn't been as good since then um and I, mean, I think his overall his numbers are gone a little bit uh but it's it's a little surprising you look at his numbers um first off uh, between December and March, his worst month in terms of three-point shooting was February when he shot 42.6%. <laughs> so his three-point shooting has been ridiculously consistent throughout the year. His worst month in terms of field goal percentage was March when he shot 46.6% which, you know, for a guy who's basically a jump shooter is actually very good. I mean, his true shooting percentage, his worst month was in March when he was at 57%, which is, you know, still pretty good, especially for a volume guy. Um, and every month he's been basically 19.5 points or better. Um, and, you know, I was looking at his, his post all-star break splits. He was at 19 points, uh, almost six rebounds and five assists a game. Fifty-six percent true shooting right? so down down from what he was, like especially really early in the season. Um, but it's you know it's not like he's in some huge slump. I think his turnovers have been up a little bit. Um, I, I think you know he uh, he he's making more, I'd say, difficult passes like all those lobs. But then he's also turning the ball over a little bit more as he's trying to do that. Um, but you know, look, as long as he's healthy, uh, you know, guys go through funks during parts of the season if you know chris's worst month ends up being you know a month where he suits 47 percent overall and 44 percent from three that's what he shot in march and he puts up 26 and four assists like i mean okay like okay that, that's okay and i thought even last night um you know he ended up having getting some assists making some plays uh and hit some shots early in that fourth quarter as the Bucks sort of built up some 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 cushion um so yeah i mean yeah. I want Chris Middleton to be better. Uh, I would love for him to get on a heater like Drew's heater right now. <laughs> um, the odds of multiple perimeter players doing it at the same time, probably are not that high. Uh, but, uh, Hey, if, if those guys can both play at such a level that we have debates over which one of them is better, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm totally fine with it. Right. And I would say, you know, if you, if you ask me like, well, Frank, like you have to pick one who's been the better player this year. I'd say at this point, I would say drew, um, you know, his his scoring efficiency numbers are pretty similar. He doesn't score at, at quite the same volume. Um and you know, playmaking wise, assist-wise, they're very comparable, right? I mean, Chris has you know been a really high assist guy this year, five and a half assists per game. Um, so you know, it's it's kind of it feels a little bit like you know, we're we're splitting hairs to try to pick one. I think Drew is is been certainly the more impactful defender. Uh, than Chris uh, overall, not surprising. Uh, so I'd say maybe you know give give Drew the edge simply simply for kind of defensive purposes. But um, you know it, it, this is a nice problem to have, right? <laughs> this is this is more about Drew Holiday p- being awesome rather than Chris Middleton like you know having a major regression this year. So uh, so I you know people want to have the debate, whatever you know, Twitter, sports talk radio, like these are the kinds of things people randomly talk about. Um, so, you know, go ahead, choose, choose to whichever guy you like better and make the argument for that guy is, is, is awesome or, you know, better than the other guy. But fortunately the bucks, you know, it's the, uh, the little girl meme where she says, why not both, you know, bucks have both guys. They've got both guys for the long term. And, um, you know, I'm sure Giannis has to feel pretty good knowing that he's got those guys as a running mate.
1: Well, let's be honest. I mean, there's no one on the bucks roster that has a higher bar. From the outside, uh, in terms of expectations for what he can do, and as little room for movement in terms of one bad game and he sucks, than Chris Milton. Like, th- let's be real about that. Like, you you read out the numbers, and I agree, it does feel like he's been in a slump. But to me, more than anything, that just highlights how damn consistent and efficient this guy has been for a long, long, long stretch of time. So uh, I pointed it out, but the fact he finished with 16 points. And not, not just that, that he hit some shots in the fourth quarter. The fact that he, he went fourth of 16, I think too many times in the past, we've seen him you know, have bad nights and he'll just take nine shots or 10 shots. Uh, he spoke about this and uh, I've asked him about it. And he said that it's been a process for him to get to the point where if he's struggling to make shots, to just keep shooting in games. You know, he says in the past, I would just pass the ball away and I wouldn't look to, to take those shots. And really, uh, the Bucs can't afford to have him going into his shell in a playoff game. Uh, because we've seen time and time again this year that he has been able to get hot and hit some big shots when they need him, despite the fact there might not have been his night earlier. So that was something that, that stood out to me. I, I don't know how much else you wanted to go in, uh, go into from the weekend. I, I guess one thing that I did want to bring up, uh, sort of a final point for me, was Brook Lopez. 26 points yesterday and, and no Giannis in the lineup. Uh, Brook is averaging now 13 or over 13 points per game since the All-Star break. I think we've all noticed that he's been playing better on both ends of the floor. He's had an impact defensively, which I think is a is a more of an indication of how the team has been defending. And I know Eric put this in our DM, but just for the defensive rating update, I believe they're up into eighth now, which is quite incredible to think about there. But Brook Lopez without Giannis... Uh, was used as a role man a lot more. He found himself in the paint a lot more. And this is really the dilemma when you talk about Brook Lopez and when people say, well, why doesn't he score more? He just shoots threes. But when you have Giannis out there, Brook isn't going to be in that situation. Certainly they've used him as a lob threat a little bit more this year. And uh, he does find himself in the dunker spot from time to time but he's just not going to play that style of basketball with Giannis out there. And we've seen the Bucs go to Brook Lopez in lineups when Giannis isn't on the floor before. We've seen them do that to great effect at times. But, of course, then you are limiting the Giannis and Brook Lopez minutes, and that has been the special combination for the Bucs defensively as well. So I think overall, it just remains a little wrinkle in the offense that they could go to from time to time, and most of the time it's going to come when Giannis isn't on the floor it was cool to see Brooke Lopez have 26 points he hasn't had too many games like that at all since he's come to Milwaukee so to see him get get the touches and really be dominant in the paint that was cool it was cool to see that
0: yeah Giannis was eight out of 18 for 18 on twos on Friday Brook Lopez <laughs> was 11 for 11 on twos yeah. um on uh or sorry nine for nine on twos uh on Saturday night so you know, not not quite 18 for 18, but a super efficient night. I mean, 26 points on 13 shots, 11 out of 13 overall. Um, that, that's only really something. It was interesting. I, I, I was curious. Uh, they kept him in late. Obviously, he was having a huge game. Um, and it was a little interesting because they went to the Harrison Barnes at the five lineup, uh, which we saw in Milwaukee. Was it maybe it was last year that I, that they really did that and caused the Bucks some problems because like Harrison Barnes was just bombing threes against Brook and they were trying to post Brook up in like the first half of, of the game in Milwaukee last year between these teams. Um, so I was curious, you know, were they going to get the point? You know, was that going to, to hurt the Bucks too much? And eventually, obviously, they they managed to to survive that. Um, but but you know, clearly with with Giannis out, with PJ Tucker out, you know, it's not like you had tons of like great smaller options to, to kind of go with, um, you know, Bobby Portis did come back in this game. He was eight out of 11 for 18 points, which was obviously a very welcome, uh, sign from him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm really nice to see Brooke. Um, you know, as you said, he's been playing at a at a higher level. I was actually surprised. I was looking at his numbers, his three point attempt rate. I, I was prepared to see that he was shooting, you know, fewer threes, as a proportion of his overall shots this year, this is pretty much the same uh, last year and this year, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, but overall, his his efficiency is up nicely from last year to this year. He's at around sixty percent true shooting, which is really good. Um, and you know, he's shooting better from threes at thirty four percent versus thirty one percent last year. Still not great, uh, but he is being he's been 60, really good.
1: Break, which is interesting. Yeah, that that's the interesting part about his scoring going up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's done a nice job, I think. Um you know, being more active, closer to the basket, actually, which uh, I think is something you know that that suits him i mean <laughs> he's he's an enormous dude who's really skilled around the basket, he was an all star playing as basically a bass to the back a back to the basket center you know in a in a former life um so again he's not that player, this is a different league, but uh it it's nice that you can be missing Giannis and Chris struggling much of the night. And you can have, you know, Drew and, and Brooke both step up in, in really significant ways and, and help fill that gap. Um, I was I was going to say as well, um, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, it kind of goes back and forth, you know, like they're just games where, because Dante can be so aggressive looking for his shot. And I made the comment last week where it was in a game the Bucks were losing that, you know, the 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 more the Bucks are losing, the faster Dante tries to get a shot up, which kind of drives me crazy. It gets back to this idea of of valuing possessions. Uh, and, you know, there are just some nights where I just, his decision-making just kind of drives me crazy. And I just feel like he's going to try to do too much and he's not differential enough. Um, and so credit to him. I mean, 12 points, four, career-high 14 rebounds, seven assists um, in 31 minutes on Saturday night. Uh, he was kind of in the triple. He, he had eight assists at one point and they took one away. He was just kind of on like a moder- moderate triple-double watch. Um, and so, you know, kudos to Dante. He had a couple of big free throws late as well. Um, so it, it was, you know, nice to see him kind of bounce back because uh, he, he's obviously had some ups and downs. It, it, it's interesting, you know, we, we kind of his, his, his finishing is sort of a, you know, a running joke, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and I was kind of looking at it. I just I don't know what to make of it, right? I mean, if you told me Dante would be up to 38% three-point shooting this year, I think we'd all have been thrilled, right? But his two-point shooting has gone from 57% last year to 46% this year, which is just kind of mind-boggling, right? I mean, you look at so many of the other bucks, whether it's Drew or Brooke or Chris, uh, they're all really efficient, really effective scorers at the rim because of the spacing the bucks create and you know the amount of easy baskets the bucks create. And not Dante. (laughs) He's, he's been just brutal around the basket. And uh, I I don't know what to make of it. You know, again, this is obviously a really critical year for him. He's one of those guys that in the playoffs, you know, he's going to be an X factor. If, if you get good Dante, you you feel way better about, I think your chances of taking down a good team than if you're getting kind of questionable decision-making Dante and, you know, not making shots and maybe gambling too much. On defense Dante so um you know he's still a young player obviously and nice to see him put up some big numbers on Saturday in a game obviously where they they ended up evening every last one uh, of the points in order to, to come away with the win um I, I, I had one other observation on Jordan Wara that I wanted to make um but anything else you wanted to add on any of those guys
1: uh just with Dante the one point I'll make is that uh you know he, he he might be and we haven't really touched on Giannis uh, we've spoken about the need there's no real update I, I think that you know I think most people saw on Twitter that he was in uh, a little bit of pain in the warm-up uh, I would say he was wincing a little bit and his usual warm-up routine was interrupted a little bit he didn't play on a back-to-back the Bucks have seven back-to-backs on the run home here so I, I kind of feel like that might become a, a common thing there where he doesn't play on back-to-backs which if that's the case fine if, if they need to manage him but with Giannis out of the lineup, if Giannis wasn't in the lineup, I should say, Dante would be averaging a double-double. That guy is a beast on the boards when Giannis isn't in there. He's just flying in for absolutely everything. So he takes the fair share of Giannis' rebounds when he isn't out there. So uh, it's just it's always funny to see him. Any game that Giannis isn't playing, he goes crazy on the glass. But uh, that's it. But Jordan Wara played some fourth quarter minutes and actually hit a big three there. Probably the biggest shot of his career at this point.
0: Yeah, it was interesting to see him, you know, we, it's always curious when you're missing the likes of Giannis, you know, who, who's, who gets sort of bumped up in, in, the, in the order. And with P.J. Tucker and uh, Bobby out, you know, for a while, uh, or like, a, you know, basically a week, we saw, you know, Diakite get some, some early run in a few games. Um, you know, we've seen at various points, you know, not, not including the Knicks game, which is obviously sort of different, right? Against the Celtics, we saw Sam Merrill get some run as well uh and so you know the, these opportunities are not going to be that frequent for these young guys so it's it's really important that they make a good impression and it's different playing with starters and normal rotation guys than it is coming in and mop up duty when you know nobody it doesn't really matter what you do and there's no <laughs> there's no real consequences so for you know Wara to hit that that three that you mentioned and he had three steals, um, which I can't say I like, specifically remember all, all of his steals. But, um, you know, it's it's obviously important that he figures out how to not just make shots, which is what sort of is going to be his calling card in the NBA, but just, you know, be able to stay on the floor and and not make mistakes. And I thought it was really interesting. He hit that three, and literally the next possession, uh, he ends up gambling trying to go for a steal on the perimeter as the Six Kings were getting into uh, their set. And he ends up having to scramble back and the Kings get a layup out of it. He ended up contesting actually back near the baseline. Um, but the Kings end up getting a layup out of it. And Bud just lit, the Bucks took a timeout. And then the Buck, and he, Bud just lit into him over the, that mistake that he made and, and going for that gamble on that steal, which is a very rookie thing to do. And I kind of, as they were going to the commercial, I was like, all right, well, his ass is going to be sitting down, right? (laughs) Like he's, he's going to be his lesson we learned, but no, he, he came back out. He was still out there after the timeout. And I think Marcus was joking about him, you know, hustling his butt off uh, the rest of his stint. Um, So, you know, and look, maybe it's just because I'm, you know, an old washed up dad. Um, You know, I get it. Like we're all, it's always exciting to see young guys, rookies, guys that at least, you know, have the possibility of developing to something you know, useful. Uh, it's always exciting to see those guys get a little bit of run. You always want to hopefully see those guys get more of a chance than often they end up getting. But, you know, this is why it can be hard for rookies to get to get time, you know, because they just they make mistakes. That's that's what rookies do. And even, you know, top five picks who put up raw stats usually hurt their teams, right? You know, most rookies suck. There are very very few rookies who actually like contribute to winning basketball. And, you know, that's the hard part of that being on a team like the Bucks is you're, you know, the the expectation is that all these guys are going to play a role and contribute to winning basketball, even if, you know, it's not like the Bucks have the, the most talented bench in the world, um, but guys have to kind of fit in and know their roles. And, and that's hard to do, right? When you're a rookie, you know, Wara, um, Sam Merrill, those guys are both used to being the focal points of offenses in college. And it's, it's different, you know, it's different to come in to at the NBA level and playing against obviously much better players and not having the number of shots and reps that, that you're used to having and obviously having a lot more pressure to play at a high level defensive, right? Like you can't conserve your energy for offense the way you might have in college. you got to bring it every, every possession defensively or you're probably not going to make it. So uh, encouraging to see war get, get a chance, um, encouraging it to hit, for him to hit that shot. And, you know, <laughs> But stick with him a little bit. I mean, 13 minutes—that's that's some real run he got. Uh, so hopefully, those guys going to continue to to take advantage of it because certainly, kind of tying back to what we talked about at the beginning, you know, with the kind of roster crunch that that we're going to see, um, there's there's a very good chance that the Bucks will need those guys to, or or again, or at least they'll have the chance to actually be rotation guys next year, whether it's Wara. Uh, or or Merrill and you know possibly Diakite as well. He'll be a restricted free agent this summer, so the Bucks can certainly kind of control. We expect to, would would be able to re-sign him to, for instance, a minimum deal. Um, you know, depending on kind of what they see, but I think certainly it's been encouraging what they've seen from him between the bubble and some of his brief playing time. So, um, you know, this is the challenge, right? How do you how do you get those guys at least some experience, especially with how little practice there is this season, without you know really compromising uh, your ability to win basketball games, which you know, ultimately is, is the kind of goal of this and Bucks did get good news on Sunday because both the Nets and, and the Sixers lost games and Joel Embiid came back Saturday. They won, he sat on Sunday and they lost and the Nets without Harden and Durant lost to the Bulls on Sunday. So, um, so, you know, Bucks are going to have those, those two game sets against both those teams before the season is over. Both those are at home. So again, if the Bucks can kind of continue to take care of business, which continues on this road trip, you know, you're three and one now, that's a good start. Uh, but you really, really, really want to be the Warriors team on Tuesday. That's worse Warriors have obviously had their struggles. Uh, as good as Steph has played as well as Steph has played, they obviously have had their struggles, uh, and then tough matchup with, with the Mavs uh, on Thursday. We obviously know what, what Luke can do and I guess they have, a, they have a back-to-back, right? Then they play Friday as well. So, yeah, they play the, the Hornets at home on Friday, which the Hornets have obviously been a really plucky team as well. So um, pressure is on. They get, they get a little bit of rest, but then they play the Magic and Timberwolves after that. But, um, but yeah, with the way the East is right now, um, I think it would be very good to continue to win games and give yourself a chance at a top seed because, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you're not going to have home court in the second round and you're going to have to play either Brooklyn or Philly in the second round, you're you're setting the bar, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a, in a pretty tough spot, right. As well as I think the bucks match up with, you know, some of those, some of those teams. Um, I think again, winning games and playing at a high level, finding that balance between, you know, resting someone like Giannis as he's kind of working his way back from that, that knee injury. Um, it's, it's a tough spot for the bucks to be in and it's a bit unfamiliar, right? But it's not the last couple of years where they've just been able to kind of cruise to the best record. So, um, Anyway, hopefully they kind of keep this up and uh, we'll, maybe we'll see, see some, some chances here and there for, uh, for some of these young guys to get a shot. But certainly we know what the priority is.
1: One game back in the lost column there of the Nets and the Sixers, as you pointed to. So you get a bit of help there today because I think, you know, we were, we were really frustrated at that loss to the Clippers. It was a bad one after you had a lead earlier in the game, no Paul George, and you weren't able to capitalize on that opportunity. And the big reason for that was because we knew what was coming. And to be able to pick up wins on a back-to-back Portland and Sacramento on the road, uh, th- that's great, particularly when you consider that Giannis didn't play in the second game. And I know it's only the Kings, but they've been playing some decent basketball of late. And any time you win without Giannis, so I think you sent the gift through from uh, Seinfeld, that's uh, the gold, Jerry, gold. And that's, uh, that's exactly right. It's gold. If you can win on a back-to-back on the road, particularly one of those games without Giannis, you take it. And uh, as we've mentioned, I mean, there's matchups coming up. The the Nets, uh, the Sixers and the Bucks are all playing each other a bunch of times here in the last month of the regular season. So there's going to be an opportunity there, but you can't afford to let games slip like that game against the Kings yesterday. So they picked up the win. They made it a little bit more difficult than you would have liked in the last few minutes there. But uh, nonetheless, they won because Drew Holiday hit a big shot and had a monster night and now... Uh, he signed with the Bucks for multiple years. So, uh, as we said right from the top, we, we moved on to a few multiple,
0: other... big M- mm-hmm. multiple big shots, yeah. multiple big shots. He had that lefty finish, and then he had that yeah that three point play too, which that, that old man game from from Drew Holiday, man. Uh, hopefully, that ages well. Yeah, he, he really, you know, watching him get
1: guys down low and just knowing that he knows that yeah <laughs> you're not big enough, you you're not big enough or strong enough to take me down there. It's um it's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, but I guess we'll be watching it for a while, Frank. Which is which is which is the good news. And uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I I haven't got tired of it yet.
0: No, I mean, really. Now it's just about, I mean, health, right? I mean, I think as as long as Giannis, Drew, Chris, you just find all the wood surfaces you can and knock on them. Um, your that that is your franchise, uh, and everything else is is very, very distant in terms of importance. And so keeping those guys playing at a high level, um, you know, continuing to age gracefully, uh, uh, that's that's obviously really crucial. And I think for Giannis, obviously, still developing, you know, his skill set. Um, and as, as he continues to mature, since I don't think we've seen the best to be honest yet, but certainly for Drew and Chris, um, you know, we just hope those guys continue to kind of stay healthy. It's funny, I mean, you know, Drew had injury. He was an injury-prone guy you know, in his mid twenties, right. He had um, kind of leg, leg injuries that forced him to miss a lot of time. And, you know, thankfully again, not to jinx anything, but he's, he's actually been very healthy these last few years and has been able to play at a really high level. And, um, you know, thankfully the Bucks not trying to, you know, Bucks are not obviously the kind of team that tries to run their top players into the ground uh, <laughs> the way some other teams might. Um, so drew it at, at under 32 minutes a game, obviously. You hope that you don't have to lean on him too heavily and, um, you know, hopefully he's at 51% from the field, 39% from three. Just keep on doing what you're doing, Drew. Uh, it's, it's been really fun to watch.
1: All right, let's wrap this up. Bucks Warriors in a couple of days here. They've been stinking of late. So that's, uh, as you pointed to, a game that you want to get there. Keep an eye out tomorrow. Uh, most likely going to be doing a, another live locker room podcast there. So if you haven't got the app, download the locker room. App there, and you can uh, you can tell us what you think about the Bucks signing Drew Holiday. So we'll have a bit of fun there. But uh, we will leave it there for Frank. For myself, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.